Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, everybody. Hey, monkeys. Welcome to Snark Monkey number 52. The comedy cavalcade continues, and this time it is Ian Bag, Super funny guy and super Canadian as well. We have a great conversation. By the way, you can follow us on Twitter at TheSnarkMonkey. Uh, Please like our Facebook page. Just search Snark Monkey, and you will get updates on all sorts of cool stuff there. Our website is snarkmonkey.net. If you like these conversations with all these creative people that we talk to, then please subscribe on iTunes. Find us on iHeartRadio.com or on Spreaker.com. This space, available for sponsorship. Oh, I'd be good at that. So uh, Ian and I talk about basically his path, his relentless and fearless path from the hinterlands of Canada into the world of comedy. And I'm telling you, this guy really has, he's either just has no common sense, or it is just this driven effort to get to a place where he knows he's going to do what he was born to do, which was go up on stage and tell jokes to drunk people. Uh, He's real good at it. And if you haven't seen Ian's stuff, do a quick, uh, you know, what do they call that, the Google? Do a Google search, look on YouTube, or check out his website, which is ianbag.com. This weekend, Ian will be performing at the Irvine Improv, actually filming some of the shows for his As Yet Untitled special. And as far as I know, As Yet Untitled is not the name of the special. I think they just haven't come up, come up with a name yet. And then he will move on to the Houston Improv um, on, well, sometime next week. Yeah, it looks like uh, Thursday, Friday, something like that. In Houston, you can check out ianbag.com for wherever he may be near you. Uh, if you haven't seen him on Late Night with Conan O'Brien or last year's Last Comic Standing season, which he did not have the best time on, but he made it to the top five, and that's pretty good. Um, just just listen to the conversation. Man, we have a good time. He's super fast, super funny. Did I mention super Canadian? He's just super! I don't know why the effeminate take on that. That, that just felt right at the moment. I regret it now, but I'm not going to edit it out because you people deserve to hear me unfiltered and unfettered. All right, I'm going to go look up unfettered, and you enjoy Snark Monkey number 52. This is... Ian back. He's really good. Give yeah, me your yeah, big yeah. Ian bit back. Hey, everybody, 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 everybody. <laughs> hey, everybody, everybody, everybody. All right, everybody, that's everybody. good. Oh, that's good. Old-timey baseball announcer guy. Hey, buddy, buddy. 
Uh, are you a sports fan? I am a sports fan. You wearing your Muhammad Ali uh, tribute shirt? Uh, it's my. It's not my tribute shirt. It's my. Ah, uh, it is my. What is it? It's my shirt that was on the ground. Shirt. <laughs> it really, I, literally I just, was on the ground. I, I just brought the dog back from walk, and I was like, I'm late. I grabbed a pair of jeans and a shirt that was on the ground, and. And uh, walked out the door. But somehow the universe said, you know, wear the, they wear the said, Ali shirt. They said, you've got to respect the Ali, Muhammad Ali. <laughs> I have a Cassius Clay shirt, and people get fired up when I wear it. His name was Muhammad Ali, and I like I bought it at the Muhammad Ali Museum, so I'm sure he's fine with it. Wow. Yeah. Why would people get fired up? It's because just some people are weird, you know? They've seen the movie. You think? His mama called him Clay. I call him Clay. <laughs> So, so somebody actually did see the movie. It took me the longest time watching the memorial uh, for Ali, which was really quite moving. And I thought a lot of the the uh, Billy Crystal speech was great and all that stuff. But it took me a second to go, Will Smith. Why is Will Smith? Oh, yeah, oh, that's yeah. right. The he big biography. Even my wife said, why haven't they made a movie about him yet? Like, oh, oh boy. no way. It really didn't make much, oh, much cultural that, impact, did that's it? That's uh, very interesting yeah. people say that. I don't know. I actually thought Will Smith was dead. Uh, really? <laughs> no, because of the movie. <laughs> oh, oh, because of the memorial service. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> look like I like here. the guy that went on before Brill- Billy Crystal did a better Ollie than Billy Crystal. Did you notice that? Oh, no. Yeah, the guy that I don't know who the guy was, but he went on right before, and his Ollie was just like terrifying. Well, it's like everybody who knew him had an impression mm-hmm. of him at that point. Yeah. Uh, w- uh, what kind of sports were you a fan of growing uh, up? I grew up playing hockey. In the great uh, white north there. Uh, yeah, well, we had I played baseball, but the season was six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and if it rained, it went down to five. Where'd you grow up, Ian? I grew up in northern British Columbia up near Alaska. Wow. So, Terrace, B.C., near Prince Rupert, near uh, Ketchikan, Alaska. Are you basically required by law to like and, and root for and play hockey at some point? Or uh, No. there was, And where I grew up, it was two different types of kids. It was the poor kids that played hockey, and it was the rich kids that skied. Oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah. so there were re- resorts around there? Or it was yeah, just there was a couple like- resorts, yeah. And, and when they would go to different towns and go to the resorts, those were the real rich kids. The Onsteins, I called them. <laughs> <laughs> they were the richest family. Uh, the Onsteins and the uh, and the Ozzy Tutus were the richest families in town. <laughs> These are actual names. These are actually the Onsteins own Chrysler. Uh, oh, they own the dealership there. Yeah, and they were they were loaded. And, yeah, uh, and the Ozzy Tutus were a family from Africa, and his dad was the surgeon in town. Wow, what town is this? Terrace, British Columbia. Yeah. So, and everybody else. I grew up. I grew up in the most diverse place ever. Honest to God, like. Uh, it shouldn't have been. You would think it would be all white, but it was a lot of families moved there because there was a logging industry there, and they could work in the mills, and they didn't have to have a grasp on English. They could learn English as they went. So it was Portuguese. It was Indian. It was Chinese. It was uh, it was uh, Indian, Indian, Native Indian. Right. Uh, yeah, and a couple of white guys. French, a lot of French from Quebec, uh, a lot of uh, Newfoundland guys, and they can't speak English at all. You know, so that's... Uh, so interesting. So you, I... We can't even come up with a real kind of stereotypical Canadian upbringing for you because you had such a diverse I had group a of people. Diverse... How long were you there? I grew up there from uh, 1 through 18, but uh, my mom was Australian. Mm. Oh. So we'd go back to Jeez. Australia every couple of years for, say, two to six months. So, so inevitably, where did you end up learning? Because I, I ask this question sometimes of people. Because I grew up in West Texas where obviously there are certain, you know, 
prejudices and, and biases and right. race issues and that sort of thing. But there were so many things that I didn't learn until I moved to L.A. when I went to college. Like, I had never heard the Jewish stereotypes before until I got here That's in liberal-leaning California. Well, I had heard the Jewish stereotypes, but there was a very few Jewish people in my town. So I, when I heard the word Jewing or the term, the phrase or what a Jewing me down, right. I had no idea that had to do with Jewish people. Oh, like it, was, I, it just it was right, just right. It, it made so when people told me oh that's about Jewish people I was like really yeah yeah I had no idea so yeah. and then yeah uh, uh, the weird the weird it was a religion that, like we called the Indian kids Hindus because they were Hindu right so that was a swear word where I grew up and also the uh, the native uh, the native uh, tribe was the Nishkas so we'd call people Nishkas that was a slam. Yeah, and yeah. it made no sense at all. Like it makes no sense. So at you all. had your own version yeah. of racial slams that nobody else in that the nobody world, else, nobody else in the world, and <laughs> and it shouldn't hurt anybody. Like the ones that we use should not hurt. We're, we're calling you what you are. Yeah, <laughs> you're the Nishkas. You're that, the Hindus. Now that's very Canadian, yeah. right there. Yeah. yeah, calling you a racial slam by calling you the name that you yeah, refer exactly. to yourself oh, yeah, as. Yeah. Hey, you're a Hindu. Yeah, actually, I am a Hindu. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Have a good day. Now you're a big man. How big a man are you? I'm five foot two. No, no. <laughs> I am, uh, no, no. No, I can't. I am uh, six foot four. I, I'm sorry. I'm supposed to yes and. I realize that. I have taken the improv training, but I have to let my listeners You know what's know. funny is it's supposed to be improv, but they train you to do it. <laughs> None of those dicks have figured it out yet, have they? <laughs> so what are you, six what? Oh, takes a drink. Six four. All right. Six four. So I'm you're a man's man. I'm a, I'm a big man. In my head, I'm still 12, so I'm only five foot two. Really? But I'm five foot two, and everybody else is four foot four because I'm twelve and still taller. Well, what's else. weird is that I've never seen you live, but I've seen—I uh, don't know that I've ever quite, really consciously known how tall of a man you were. Well, it, it happens with TV. It really, it's really strange because I've seen people. I go, oh, I thought he was tall. Yeah, yeah. I seen somebody the other night, and I said, "Who is that?" And they said, "Oh, that's so and so." And I was like, "He's only that." Size? Right, right. I was nervous about him, but if that's him, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Now, most of the time you meet any sort of major star, and right. part of the reason they became a huge major star and an actor is because they're overcompensating for or something. something, yeah, and or undercompensating. Yeah. Uh, I just want to be a small man that jokes around. <laughs> I just <laughs> want to shop in a normal area. <laughs> so give me, paint, besides the diversity, paint a picture of what a childhood is life in this, uh, childhood was like in this remote out. Post. It was fun. We, uh, you know, uh, it just it just happened to be in that time, like uh, mid '80s, where there wasn't technology yet, and yeah. there was just enough. I grew up on uh, when I was really young. I grew up on one. We had two channels. When we were older, we got three from the states. Ooh. So we were all, we, when we got we got the Seattle stations. We were up and at it. <laughs> I and I grew up on those. We would see cereal on TV on the American stations that we never heard of, like Lucky Charms and like stuff like that. I remember the one that I wanted so bad was Grape Nuts because they made it seem like life was going to be amazing with Grape Nuts. And then, that is the least the attractive worst. cereal. Worst. I had no idea. I had no <laughs> idea. Cheerios were the same thing. They made. Cheerios sound like they're going to be magnificent. Well, what would be the... And I'm not talking Honey Nut. I'm talking no, regular Cheerios. Straight ahead, bland old Cheerios. Yeah, nothing. So what was the go-to cereal when little Ian was being dragged through the super... What? Weedabix. I'm sorry? Weedabix. One more time? Weedabix. Weedabix. Yeah, Weedabix. Am I saying it correctly? Like Are you saying that with an wheat. accent? No, I'm not. <laughs> shredded wheat? Uh, we had shredded wheat. Yeah. Uh, we had, uh, it was kind of like 
shredded wheat, but you would put water on it, and then it would swell up. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was. So that's, and then you would add milk. That's your Lucky Charms. That's your Fruit Loops. That's your your Captain Crunch Weetabix. Weetabix, but you had still had to add sugar to it. Well, of course you yeah, did. Yeah, it sounds it was, terrible. It was a thing, it was a block of wheat. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was fantastic. So getting because Canadians talk about this all the time. The influence from the states, obviously, huge for anybody who huge. actually had that influence. But you didn't get it until. Well into your, you know, childhood um, formative years, I I had heard about America, like yeah, <laughs> you knew it existed. Well, my grandparents lived uh, in Trail, British Columbia, which was just on the other side of Spokane, Washington. So I would go down and spend the summers with my grandparents, and they would take us down to Spokane a couple times, and we'd go shopping yeah. for things. So I that's why I'd see about America. And my thing that I thought America was about is that we smuggled clothes back from America. You thought you were doing something illegal. Yeah. Well, we did. My grandparents oh. <laughs> would buy us stuff, but they never wanted to pay any uh, oh, you never uh, duty. Anything. Oh. So I'd have to wear three pairs of jeans, four shirts, and a jacket on the way home in the middle of summer, just stuffed into a car, not being able to bend. Did you guys buy anything? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. And we'd always have to wear our old shoes down and leave them. Now, see, that's funny. So you would Border- have you would take those trips, but you would have this tension on the way back that you had tension. to deal with. My grandfather was so mean. He's just like, shut your mouth and don't say that you're wearing anything and you couldn't breathe. And the third that's- pair of pants were so tight. You're just like, eh! That's so funny. Uh, this brings back memories because uh, when I was little, my grandparents loved the car trip. They uh-huh. didn't necessarily, and, and which is great because I ended up seeing my, my grandmother was a history teacher. So every freaking battlefield, every nice. historical monument. That's nice. But I got to see a lot of stuff and I and I went through so many states that I don't know that I would have ordinarily seen that much of the United States. But we mm-hmm. did a driving trip to Canada one time. We dro- we dropped off my sister at Interlochen in Michigan, the music uh-huh. camp, yeah, yeah. and then we went on up to Sault Ste. Marie ah. eh? uh, to see the locks, which was exciting. <laughs> Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Nobody knows what you're talking uh, about. But I remember the border stops being tension-filled for me, asking, you know, do you have anything to declare? And looking back at me in the back seat, and I'm, what, nine or something, he goes, they, where, was you, where was your birthplace? <laughs> Broadwood, Texas, sir! That's so funny. And I was freaked out. I had nothing to be would they, would they ever ask, are these your parents or grandparents? Would they ever ask that question? No, uh, this was uh, this must have been back in the 70s when 70s apparently when nobody, cared. N- nobody cared. about Either nobody was kidnapped or nobody cared. If one, your kid went missing, it was right. like, oh, well. One kid a, a year would go missing, and yeah. they'd be like, well, it happens. I got, actually, three, I got three more. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be okay. We don't own a farm. We've got three. So where did the, where did funniness come in? Where were you getting your... I think the town that I grew up in was very funny. Yeah? I think it's very sarcastic, and I think uh, my mom is very sarcastic. My dad is just goofy, so I think I'm the exact split of them. But What did your parents do? Uh, my dad was a mechanic. My mom was a nurse. So, okay. Yeah. So no showbiz or entertainment leanings no, whatsoever? not at all. And at my wedding a couple years ago, my, my mom told the story about how she spent an evening with Wayne Newton. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the look I had on my face. I'm like, he's straight. Uh, that's that's. <laughs> had you heard that story? Before I'd never then? heard that story before, uh, and I don't know if she'd had a couple drinks or what. But she just started telling the story about that, and I don't even know if it was sexual. But she spent an evening with Wayne Newton, and and of course, being a stand-up, all that went through my head is like, and I get stuck with Gary's auto repair. <laughs> Do you know how much Wayne Newton would have helped out my career? Gary's auto repair is not helping out at all. Wow. So. Do you really think Wayne Newton could have helped your career? Or uh, would have just, it, it might have damaged you? Uh, probably would have been a little bit lamer. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
but what stories? Oh, what stories? So, so then Dad brought home <laughs> a plane and put it in the backyard so nobody could take it away. He is one of those guys that uh, you continue to look at and go, Wayne Newton was really, really rich. And you have to try and figure out well, how wow. did he get that rich? But he also went broke twice or something like that. Yeah, that's right. But got it back, obviously. Yeah, I have no idea. So how, so as a stand-up evil. comic. <laughs> evil. He's evil. <laughs> He's evil. <laughs> I'm going to put it out there. He might be evil. Wayne Newton is evil. Wayne Newton is still alive, I'm assuming, right? Uh, I think so. All right. Well, we'll have somebody correct us. Don't worry. Uh, we'll Google that before the end of this thing. We'll That'll, Google. We'll, we'll Google, Google, <laughs> Wendell. We'll somehow circle back around to Wayne Newton. Uh, so if you uh, grew up there in what seems like a very exciting... If I did. If, oh, I did. If you, <laughs> if you actually did. <laughs> you call me out. If this town really exists, okay, <laughs> if you really grew up in this place... Because I'm not buying any of this from funny, you so far. It's funny because I was doing... Uh, Years ago, uh, me and Bert Kreischer, Bert Kreischer and I were in Phoenix, and he was telling a story about how he was in, uh, he was in, uh, oh, why am I blanking on that? Ah. Rolling Stone. He was, he was the party animal. They and they based Van Wilder, the movie Van Wilder, on him. And he's telling the story, and the guy just keeps looking at him. He's like, really. <laughs> And he's like, yeah. And he's like, really? And I just somehow click it and I go, you're thinking Van Hessling. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. I'm like, Bert was never a vampire. Yeah. And he's like, oh. Oh, oh. Yeah. And, and it was very, it was very uncomfortable because it was like, really? <laughs> this guy's like, Van Hessling's based on you. So, <laughs> so you're a vampire. You're hunter. a vampire. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rolling Stone does vampire. <laughs> No, the question I really wanted to ask was, if you are, in fact, a stand-up comic and came yes. from this background, no. <laughs> then where uh, did the damage come? <laughs> the damage? Yes, because That town as well. That really? town, yeah, it was the funniest town. Because you're town. all screwed up people. I, am, I, I would say I'm, I do have some problems, but I don't think I have the problems that most comics have. All right. Yeah. Because you've been around them. And oh, you know them. So they're like, no, they're sick, dark, terrible. Uh, Christopher Titus just sat in that chair last oh, week. I don't feel good at all. I know. And look, all you have to do is read his the first three lines of his bio, and it's like, <gasps> shit, really? You, yeah, you, I, working I, out some stuff. Yeah, I remember uh, <laughs> watching his TV show and going, do these people just not go camping once in a while? <laughs> like, is everything so bad with these people? Apparently yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Comics, I also think, I have a theory that most comics have Oshburgers. That totally makes sense. Because they are... I think they fit, the, they fit the description. How many guys have come in that can't make eye contact with you? Most of them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and yeah, they, yeah their social awareness is horrible. <laughs> in yeah. regular... Well, that's the thing. Most of them will say that they are, and I hear this all the time, are most comfortable on stage. And you may feel this way, too, but most comfortable in that time on stage. Oh, that, yeah, it's that, the safest place in the world. Yeah. Yeah. That you don't have to really, I mean, there obviously is interaction because you're trying to get, you know, laughter and you're trying to get a response. And every once in a while you have a heckler that you bring to their knees. Uh, But it's not a one-on-one. But at the same time with me, I enjoy a conversation with the audience. No, you work with people a lot. You do a lot of crowd work. So I don't feel I'm the same. And I feel that my stand-up scares the industry a little bit. Why? Because it's not normal. It's no, it's definitely not, not. And they just don't go. I don't. Under, I don't understand. Why, but, what's his point of view? And my point of view is it was me and my buddies on a hockey bus 
going to Smithers, two and a half hour drive on a on a highway, and there's nothing in between. So right. if you're looking out, it's trees, 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 trees. So it's us just chirping each other, just having a good time creating because it's just so that that's time. where it was born. Yeah, I, because it's basically just a, around the time that uh, uh, Walkmans are just starting. Uh, the video games lights. It's a baseball game, and it's lights that light up around. You know what I mean? It's right. not. It's so there's no. There's yeah, that no, gets old really fast. Really fast, and, ba- and none of the batteries. Out. None there of the batteries. So it, I, I don't know how many times I can tell you that I heard Def Leppard just slow down on on a. You know what I mean? So we had to keep ourselves entertained, yeah. and we would. I remember we'd just sit around and just do the game, and we'd have to tell stories. And the rest of the one guy would do that, and then the rest of the guys would go, and they would have to tell these stories about things that happened. So, yeah, I, I think it came from that. I so, really storytelling do. basically came yeah, out of that. Yeah. But it's funny because and keeping my, people engaged. A engaged, bit. but my, my, my whole thing is not storytelling. I don't really right. do story. It does end up into a story, but I don't tell a story. Right. Like, but you're also not doing in any way traditional set them up, knock them down, kind no. of punchlines jokes either. It's, it's in, it, you don't know where my punchlines are. You, yeah. They're going to show up. And I, I, my thing that I enjoy is people say, I didn't see that coming. Right. So, so is that a constructed thing or was that just always the way your brain, your delivery was? Um, Do you construct jokes with I started a graph and a. <laughs> a graph, yeah. I was mostly a map. Uh, really? I construct it with a map, okay. All right. which is also part of my show. Part of my show is I've got to get to the end, and I have to hit certain goals on the map. Right. I and how I get there doesn't matter. Okay. So you have a. So you have a. I hate to get too nuts and bolts about this, but I, I'm fascinated by it because you guys all work different ways. But you definitely have something constructed that you know beginning middle end maybe or beginning end i it's um, funny because i don't know yeah. like i really can't tell you i've had You'll nervous breakdowns uh yeah a lot of times i I will just go on stage and I will start nowhere near where I thought I was going to start. And I'm like, wow, that was my closer. <laughs> Let's see where we go from here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So all it's, right. it's uh, you know, it's and all the about audience the audience. Kind of tells you that. Yeah, the audience. It's it's fun. It's just it's really it's it's the people that come out to see stand up and re- a lot more now because I do have a bigger fan base. Mm-hmm. It is really it's just fun. It's not and my show's not about I, I've had some people go, "Oh, you must have been influenced by uh uh Don Rickles." And I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not influenced by Don Rickles. I'm influenced by uh uh Jonathan Winters. Okay. Which means something said and my mind takes it something compl- completely elsewhere. And I can totally see that because I don't think you – you never look like you do have a specific response set up. Like you've got uh, – you know, I know if he's going to say I work in an office, I've got this kind of direction I can take it. It looks like you're totally ready to go off on any direction your it brain takes It is going you. anywhere direction. I would say the things that are set up more are when I do have to do a slam. Those yeah. are more set up. When somebody starts to play, yeah, well, someone get, get a little I, too aggressive. Yeah, with you. yeah, I, I yeah, because yeah. some people you do, and I've got one for women, which is um, you're very pretty, but talking is not your strong suit. <laughs> that is that's my one for 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 women. Uh, or, or I'll tell them I'm gonna I'm gonna punch them in the tit. That's my. Other. <laughs> The best thing I think about dealing with a heckler, and you can tell me this, is to try and make sure that you get the rest of the crowd on your side as opposed to making everybody feel like, oh, I'm very afraid of him now. Uh, Or is it a balance of both? It's a little bit of both. Yeah. It's a little bit of – 
I, I, I'm always confused somebody that brings anger to a comedy club. Yeah. Like, it's the same. Honestly, I had a talk with a friend a long time ago, and we figured out it's the same guy that'll get angry in a bakery. <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense at all. He's going to be mad about something. He's, yeah. Yeah. How can you get mad in a bakery? Yeah. First, the smell. Right. Somebody's using flour and sugar mm. and deep fry mm-hmm. to make you happy. Mm-hmm. What an asshole. <laughs> What an asshole. You know what I mean? It makes no sense at all. So Well, there's also the idea of going to a comedy club, and I was wondering if this is just an L.A. thing. I know now it's not, of going with a group of, of buddies or you know, even the dreaded bachelorette party or whatever. I don't dread those. And really? Having a conversation while you guys are doing your thing. It's one thing when it's an artist. Uh, I mean, I, there are music clubs. I can't even go see live music in L.A. anymore because it is never about the artist who's playing on stage. It drives me bananas. But that's that's our generation right now. Is that's it? that's the time of life. There's, go to a concert and try to see through the cell phones. I know. I know. I, it starts to it, get into grumpy old man territory. It, it's, but it it's drives weird. me bananas. It. But it's. I don't know if you if I were lighters. Did lighters make did make your grandfather mad because they had to use matches? Yeah, but they didn't. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it makes, Put your bicks down, <laughs> damn it! We'd burn our fingers until we enjoyed that band. Uh, <laughs> I went through an entire box. <laughs> um, I came up with wood matches. Um, but I, you, you do, you, yeah, Flint. <laughs> trying to blowing on dry grass. Just, hold just on. Get, hold on. We'll get this encore. Just jam that a little <laughs> longer. I don't. I, I, I get your grumpy old man, but I don't. I enjoy that people come out, and I understand that they have, want to have fun. There's usually one in that group. That is a little angry mm. and also doesn't understand. We're talking about like, the bachelorette party. Specifically uh, no, we're talking now, about we're talking group. about not yeah. any time. There's a group. Mm-hmm. There's somebody that doesn't understand, and there and I think it's for every comic. When you have a heckler, I think they don't understand your jokes, and I think it's t- I think they're terrified. I think they're absolutely terrified, and they lash out. Yeah, I don't. I don't. It just doesn't make. I've I've had some of the most interesting like heckles ever because of the way I do stand up. When yeah. I for when I when I first started the headline, I had one lady yell out, "You're doing this wrong." <laughs> <laughs> Which made me laugh. And then I had an, and it's, it's nice uh, to get notes. It's, it's, and, I would say know. 7 out of 10 times that I've been heckled, it's been women. Mm-hmm. Uh I had and I don't understand why. Yeah. Uh I had one one person yell out, um oh my goodness. That's all right. Uh I, of course it's my wife. You got to take it, Ian. No, I don't. I don't have to take it. That's your wife. It's very important. Um, (laughs) It's very important. She can tell me stuff later. Oh, I forgot to get a dog walker. Great. Um, uh, The the other great heckle I had was this, this lady just said, you're not taking this serious. And I'm like, I'm not taking comedy serious. You yeah. do realize what you just <laughs> Can said. Can you listen back because to Because I think they think it's supposed to be set up punch as well. Right. Set up punch. Like you're not staying true to your craft uh, somehow. I don't know. I, I think people like, there's, I think for the most part, people like uh, familiar, 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 you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they like uh, what they are used to seeing. Right. And also uh, a rhythm. Right. 
Yeah, that's true. Because again, you you brought it up yourself, but you are one of the things that's great about you is that you are not quite like anybody else that you're going to see doing stand up. Right. And there is a certain expectation of anybody who goes up on that stage, and when you don't meet it, it can be delightful. You just have to fall into the rhythm. Yeah, with, not, you have uh, to c- catch up a little bit with you. You have to catch up, but realize there's no hate behind it. Like right, there's right. absolutely uh, no. It's not like you walk out in defiance of the audience. Like uh, I I dare you to think this is funny. And right. Then, yeah. No. It's no. It's no. Uh, I say some things that are stupid but who doesn't like yeah yeah i have some theories that probably aren't right so how far back does it go with you even trying to do this well i have to ask the the usual hack question first uh attempt at it uh doing stand-up yeah uh 22 21 22 which was where uh vancouver all right uh i had been working in a gold mine uh setting blasting uh, Anfo, which is basically ex- explosives. Yeah, were you studying? I was going to go to school to become a, a blasting engineer, and with that, I wanted to learn how to uh, implode buildings in in cities and be able to take them out. That's what I wanted. I was like, I loved because I worked at this. That's gold what line. I wanted to do. You said that's not what I wanted to do. It was my like it was basically my second choice. Okay, if I'm going to become an adult, mm-hmm. this is what I'm going to do. If I'm, I'm forced still, to actually work yeah. for a living, yeah, because it really wasn't working. It really was not working. How much building imploding was going on in I your did, hometown? I was doing, I was doing, I was gold mining, so I was exploding sides of buildings. But I thought, how great would it be to figure out? Because the guy that I worked with, that was the engineer, was horrible. Really, he was. He would always line it up and put too much. We'd have too much dynamite and explosives, and he would sometimes yell out, "Get under the truck!" Because it was all coming <laughs> flying at us. No, that's- Terrible yeah, thing. He's here. a horrible. He was yeah. horrible at. It. He was not good at it at all. And how much like, mine? How much gold is coming out of this mine? Uh, there were m- millions. It was. It wow. was. It was not. It was not a little. It was not. It was not Friday nights on on Discovery. I will tell you that <laughs> it was all those, but one mine. Like it was. It was. It was an industry. That is weird. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just. It's hard to. Those have to exist. I just never thought about it. Before. They were they were the kind that are so huge because gold is at a certain price that they are making money, and then all of a sudden, gold is not at a certain price, and they shut down. Oh. And then people sneak in and take the tailings and try to get the gold out of the tailings. Yeah, it's really <laughs> it's interesting. So you're going to school to? Uh, how- I hadn't. I was I was signed up to go to UBC. Yeah. I was going to take this, and and really now that I look back at it, I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't because it was all math. Yeah. I'm horrible math because yeah. I'm a comedian. English is my thing, and any comedian, you go do your taxes. Uh, there's going to be a breakdown for sure. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so uh, it's, thank God you discovered it before you got too uh, heavy. I into just didn't it. show up. Yeah. I just didn't. I was just like, I want to be a comedian. Yeah, yeah. So I so didn't. So you show knew up. that early on then. Yeah. I, well, I grew up in this town where it was in the middle of nowhere, and entertainment didn't. Yeah. I, yeah. I, if I can, I, I'll throw it some names there. You tell me if you've ever heard them. Doug and the Slugs. That was a big day when they came to perform in our town. Uh, honeymoon Suite. Oh yeah, people lost. They did a. They did uh, a. Uh, hold on, Honeymoon Suite. Uh, oh damn it! Um, there is a song of theirs that I really, really like. I actually I played on the radio. Songs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I would, wouldn't be surprised. Uh, New Girl Now, maybe. Uh, maybe. Uh, yeah. Damn it! All right. Yeah, the they second were, thing we have to. They Google. were from Niagara Falls, and they were called Honeymoon Suite. <laughs> but they came to town with Platinum Blonde. <laughs> And they sold, I would say, maybe seven thousand tickets. Yeah, and that was huge. Yeah, because that was three different towns. Like people drove from miles 
Like, I'm talking two and a half hours to see. Because the closest big city to you, obviously, was what? Spokane? Was that the uh, closest no, no, uh, thing? No, uh, the biggest city, to, I would say to us, was uh, Vancouver. Uh-huh. So you had to drive to Prince George, which right. was eight, eight and a half hours away. Oh, geez. Then you would go uh, you would go right at Prince George, <laughs> drive, an, and this is how simple the roads were, because there was only one highway, and it was two lanes. You went, took a right, and you drove another 14 hours to Vancouver. Wow. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's the closest, that was the closest biggest city. That was the closest biggest city. So when I was a kid, and when you say to me, what was your biggest city that you figured out you wanted to be in a city? Sydney, Australia. Because we'd go to Sydney. Yeah. I never went to Vancouver until I was 20. Yeah. You know, it did it like it. it, it so you weren't a stranger to something cosmopolitan because you got to go to Australia. My, a lot. Well, it was weird because my parents would take me over there. My mom would show me the city and then go, "All right, get back on the plane. We're going to, back to the Indian village." <laughs> so, and I was just like, "What? We got to stay here? There's escalators." <laughs> Like, we didn't have escalators. I remember, this is how stupid I was. I got locked in an elevator because I didn't know you had to push a button. Oh, no. Because I'd never been in an elevator before, and I stood in there for, like, it seemed like 10 minutes, probably like 30 seconds, oh. but I didn't know what was going on. I may have been 10 years old you or something like rube. that. You were a rube. A hayseed. Oh, I was, uh, I was. There's a reason I flip up the brim on my hat because I am from Green Acres or whatever that town was. You know what I mean? Like, honest to God, I remember seeing an escalator for the first time and just moving stairs was just blew my head up. Did the experience of seeing Sydney, though, make you want to be in a in a in a bigger place? You weren't intimidated by that. I mean, it helped you not be intimidated. I think my mom saying. The world is yours. Yeah. You wherever you want to go. You really? Go. Yeah. You got that kind of support? Yeah. My mom was, because my mom, my mom had traveled the world with my aunt as a travel nurse. That's, you know, they'd been to Europe, they'd been to America, and somehow ran into my dad in, my mom may have been a gypsy, I don't know, but, uh, but, <laughs> may have been a gypsy. <laughs> uh, but, she yeah, just, there's a lot about your mom. Apparently, you don't know. You keep discovering. I don't. Yeah, that yeah. I keep learning. I'm like, oh, great, mom was in a circus. Uh, <laughs> so, so, uh, and that that when you say your pain may have been my mom because my mom was obviously running from something. So you know that may have, that may have been my pain. Yeah, maybe have, witness protection, except she would go back to Sydney. Right, exactly. So. Yeah, yeah. And my uncles were were great and out of their minds. And and my Papa Lou was amazing. My mm-hmm. aunt, my 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 grand, my nan was was this pomp uh, English lady living in Australia. And I'm pretty sure her and my mom didn't get along. But yeah. it was it was they were really interesting to go over there. But my mom. Just said it. Did nothing hold you back? If you want to do something, yeah. you try it, and if you fail, you fail. Was she stereotypically Australian in that she kind of held on to her Australianness? Was she? Oh yeah, yeah. this day her accent. Yeah, yeah, and just attitude. Yeah. I mean, it's her just attitude kind of a... and her attitude and her food eating. The way she eats food, you're just like, <laughs> what? 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 A bean sandwich? <laughs> So I can see with the kind of makeup that the town is and uh, with your mom uh, that you have those Jonathan Winters characters already built in. You've got yeah. the that this kind of diverse group of oh, yeah. types to pull from immediately. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was a growing up uh, playing hockey and just and, and the, the guys that coached us and the guys that who were on the team and their parents, you know. Uh, I remember I remember going to a hockey tournament and uh, Pinder Takar was on the team and he had always worn I he he was he didn't have a turban yet he was too young for the turban so he had the little bun on top uh-huh. that was covered and 
and he got into a fight and the bun came out and the hair went everywhere and he was just pounding this guy, just beating him <laughs> up. And we're maybe 14 years old and he just, boom, boom. <laughs> And he was nicknamed the Wacky Packy after that. <laughs> and he, Which, by the way, a great wrestler name, well, if yeah, they haven't done that yet. That is a great wrestler. But, but of course, Pinder's a Hindu. Yeah, so, yeah. And, but he embraced the Wacky Packy. He, like, <laughs> loved it. Yeah. It was, it was just it was, it was one of those towns where I, I, I've, I've uh, done an outline for an animated series about it. Uh, my, my, my biology teacher for grade 10, 11, and 12 was a guy from Trinidad. Uh, he looked like he, like he was six foot eight and he looked Chinese and he rode his bike everywhere. It was just, it was, and he sounded like crazy. He sounded like Ray Romano. That yeah. was the best part about him because we'd all just sit back and listen to his voice. And he was a pervert. He just, uh, I remember Jennifer Kenny in grade 12 biology saying, Mr. Chen Wing, I can't find the clitoris <laughs> when we were doing something. And his response was, I'll be right over. <laughs> so I, I want to move off this, the town because I could feel like we could talk about this forever. I'm going to wait for the show now. because But, but what was the draw? To oh, this place, why would people end up there? Yeah, the the, the industry that was the logging industry, was, uh, the so mining you industry logging before logging, mining, but, uh, but that would draw this diverse group of people to this. Because how of, big was it? Uh, Ten thousand. Okay, but which which you know isn't that big, but it is. But it also to give a first generation a start. Yeah, it's perfect, and the money's pretty good. Yeah, like the money lets you build. You know. Amazing. So. All right. So, so now you're in Vancouver, and you've uh, the the blast mining studies are have gone to the wayside. I've uh, gone. Yeah, I've gone to. I've gone to. I haven't gone to an open mic yet, but I'm just like I'm not going to school. I get a job at a sign shop. I uh, uh, through a friend of mine. He I they make signs and they ship them all across the country. So I just make crates and send signs. It's just ten dollars an hour. I think I was making you know, and just which at the time was fantastic money and. What was the comedy scene like in Vancouver? Not huge, but I had still hadn't got there because now I'm in the city. Yeah. Now I'm you're experiencing stuff. Now I'm going I'm going a little bit wild. Did you adjust okay? No, we went we went crazy. <laughs> Did you? We went crazy. I, I ended up uh I, I lived with a bunch of different people at different times. I started living with my buddy that I moved down with, which was Trent. He moved back to Terrace. He just didn't like it. I ended up living with uh, a a band in an abandoned not abandoned in a house that we rented in this area that was nothing around because they were going to rebuild it all. We ended up living there for a year and a half. Nobody collected rent for a year and a half. It was bought by a, a, a family or a company from Hong Kong. Did you have running water? Or we anything? had everything. It gets great. So we just uh, knock on the door one day. I'm here to pick up rent for a year and a half. Oh, no. Right? And we're just like, well, that ain't happening. <laughs> and they're like, well, I'm here to pick up rent for an hour, a year and a half. And also next month, this place is going to be torn down. And we're like, well... We're definitely so. So they're going to tear it down. So we have a house thrash tra- trashing party. Oh wow! Because there's nobody around, right? So we're just like throwing things through, and I guess a cop drove by and seen what we we're doing. <laughs> like next thing you know, the cops were all over the place. But I live with these guys, and they were great. And they they kind of they I would see them play, and there was something about seeing them, and I just knew I had to do it. And they knew I wanted to com- become a comedian, so. Uh, they found a, a contest at a comedy club, 
and I went and did it, and this was, it took me probably about six months to prepare for it, and I went and did the set, and I had my jokes written on my hand, and they sweated right off. Oh. And Jesus. so I basically had a conversation with the crowd the first time I went on stage. Could you not get back on track with the jokes that you had played? I ended up doing impressions of fish for people <laughs> with my hands. Uh, I was just like, this is a coho. I was just like moving them around like the fingers, trying to make the different shapes of the mouth. Uh, I didn't win, but I didn't lose. <laughs> but, and did it discourage you or make no, you go, no, it, this it is... It didn't discourage me, but as you called me a rube before, I thought because I lost, I'm done. That was it. I'm going home. Okay, we gave that a shot. Yeah. I happened to be walking out, and the manager said, you should come back and just do open mics. And I was like, I'm invited back? <laughs> so I thought I was like, oh, my God, I'm invited back. So I went back, and I was just like, this is the best. And it, it was just a chance. If he had not said anything to me, I wouldn't have not, never gone back. How quickly were you able to start to get in the rhythm of, of, of the style that turned into what you do now? Is it, it wasn't the same. Or were you trying to emulate somebody else at I all? Would, uh, I, my influences are Jonathan Winter, Sam Kinison, Bill Cosby. I know those three don't fit together. No. But at the time when I started out, uh, Stephen Wright was huge. Mm-hmm. So I was deadpan like you wouldn't believe. And, you know, just didn't move, didn't say anything, uh, one-liners, and then would say something to the crowd. So I would – I and slowly and just built into who I am today. But I've always had that conversation with the crowd and bookers and club owners have always tried to beat me, beat it out of me. Really? Oh, especially when I was a feature because guys didn't want to follow it. You know what I mean? <laughs> guys were just like, he gets the crowd nuts. That guy, well, I'm not following that. No way am I following that idiot. Oh, wow. So. There is this weird, that's that's something I'm starting to just kind of get a feel for is the etiquette of, of how how do you temper your act to not overshadow the headliner. Yeah, but so, you shouldn't. You should well, I mean, you, you should go right? out there and just do what you do. Right? And then I, I, the MC's job is to do a couple minutes and make them forget about you. Yeah, and even if, things and, out a little bit. Right, but a lot of guys, and I learned this a long time ago, a lot of guys will watch what's going on in front of them get inside their own heads and take themselves out of it. I don't care what's going on. Do whatever you want in front of me. Right. I'm not going to be watching. So if you do whatever you want and I'm not going to be anything like you. Do what you want. Yeah. I may hate it, I may love it, but I'm not going to find out. Right, right, right. So how uh how long did it take you to decide got to go to LA? Uh I ended up in New York. Yeah. I uh I I once so about big th- move. Yeah, big big move. So 3 years in, 3 years in in Vancouver. Yeah. So I started. In so you're starting to get in a rhythm. You feel like you've start to you, you have who Ian really is at yeah. this point. Yeah, as I, a stand up. I go to uh, Toronto and I get booked, uh, and it's horrible money. I fly out there. I spend all my money on a plane ticket, and uh, now I'm uh, co middling with a guy for thirty seven fifty for a week. Thirty seven dollars fifty cents per show. On a weekend, and there's like sometimes there's four, sometimes there's five, sometimes there's three. Yeah. So I'm struggling just making. So you're not hard. even paying for the plane ticket. Not at that point. not playing for paying for the plane ticket. Yeah. But I've also got a plan. There's there's the Montreal Comedy Festival. I want to go see the Montreal Comedy Festival. A couple of my friends might are going to be in it. I want to go see it. I'm, I'm going to where I crash, I crash. I'll figure something out. I've always been that. I'll figure something out when, when we get there. Right. So so I get to the Montreal Comedy Festival somehow. Somebody knows me and says, Ian should, there's a place called the, uh, uh, 
Well, there's a comedy club there, and they go. Right. Ian should get on, and it's there's no way I should have got on. Like it's just there's just so many people and like names: Dave Attell, yeah. Dave Chappelle. No, every like, big comic every, practically is just in coming F-10. in and doing yeah. spots. Just right. coming in and doing spots. Just right. coming in and doing spots, and then going and doing their. So they put me on, and somebody happens to be uh, Colleen McGar happens to be there, who's somehow connected to the uh, Montreal Comedy Festival at the time. I end up getting on an actual show, like for five minutes. Some guy from New York that owns a club, Lucian Hold, sees me, sees me, sees me, <laughs> and says, "If you're ever in in New York, I want to put you on stage." Gives me a business card, so I'm like, "This is the best ever, right?" Meanwhile, I'd started dating a girl back in Vancouver. She and this is back before cell phones, so I'm calling her from the payphone, putting coins in, you know. <laughs> and she's like, "You got to come home. You got to come home. You got to come home." I'm yeah. like, "I got to get this done." And then I get, festival ends. I hitchhike all the way back to Vancouver. You hitchhike. I hitchhike. I end up getting two rides. They get me across. Oh, sweet. Yeah. All right. Not too bad. So, yeah. So I get there, and she dumps me immediately. <laughs> and I'm just like, really could have done this on the phone. You re- <laughs> that was the reason she needed you to come back. Wanted to do it face-to-face. And I'm like, really could have done it on yeah. the phone. That's noble, ma'am, yeah. but yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I would yeah. have liked to have yeah. gone the other direction. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm still a rube. I like hadn't dated anybody in high school. This girl's beautiful. I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm over there. I'm just like, this girl likes me. And I'm like, yeah. so I hitchhike all the way home because I think, you know Devastated? Devastated. Yeah? Devastated. And that, that kicked you down for how long? Um, that was in the summer. I just kind of floated around Vancouver and went home for Christmas. Got a, uh, got a show in Montreal. A paid show was making $900 for, oh. the, for the weekend. Flo- flew out to Montreal. I said, I'm not going back. I'm going to, I'm going to New York. Mm-hmm. So as soon as the weekend ended, I cashed my money into American, came out with $600, bought myself a train ticket, got on that train and went to New York. No place to stay. You'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Honest to God, I get off the train. And when we're pulling into, when we're coming into New York, I see all the graffiti. I see all the dirtiness. I'm like, I've made a mistake. Have you ever been? Had you Never ever been, been to there? New York. Okay. Never. The only place I've been is Spokane. Right. So now I'm going to New York and... Maybe I'd done one trip to L.A. with a buddy or something like that, drove down or something like that. So so we're coming into New York, and I just see this hell, and I'm just like, I've made the biggest mistake By ever. the way, taking the train in is the worst way to see New York. because For you, the first time, yeah. Yeah, you're going back through every back alley, every terrible neighborhood, every yeah. d- damaged part of Manhattan. Yeah, just basically you're seeing everything where Warriors was filmed. <laughs> so... So I'm coming into, I'm coming in and it's just, I'm like, well, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, what are we going to do? And I'm just like, oh, well, if we die, we die. That's all I'm thinking. I'm getting off the train, a piece of paper's on the ground. I pick it up. It's youth hostels, $14 a night. What? I have a passport. I can stay at a youth hostel. So I end up living at this passport, uh, passport at this youth hostel in Chelsea, uh, $14 a night. Uh, I go to the payphone. I call Lucian Hold, hang up six times because he doesn't answer. I've only got so many coins. Right. I can't waste my coins. <laughs> On leaving a message. Yeah. So finally he picks up and he goes, hello, who is this? Who keeps hanging up? <laughs> and, I, and I tell him, he goes, oh, yeah, I remember you. Yeah, I'll put you on. He goes, why do you keep hanging up? And I said, because I've only got so many quarters. He's like, okay. So I go down there and he puts me on stage. He put, I get the check spot. Get my ass handed to me like you wouldn't believe. Really? Oh, it's just the shows that were going on in New York at this time are all like insane. It's just like. When is this? Oh, 95, okay. 96, 96, 95, 96. So where'd so, you go up? 
uh, at the comic strip. Okay. So it's 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 Dave Chappelle, right? Dave Attell, right? Uh, Ray Romano, Jeez. Chris Rock. Yeah. Uh, uh, these guys used to close all the time. Named Red Johnny and the Round Guy, and I'm in the check spot, following maybe Chappelle, maybe Vettel. You know, what I mean, and just. Did you you knew you knew all these names? At I, this I point. didn't know all these no? names. Like I'm just like I'm just seeing these because I'm. So you're seeing them. As I'm you're seeing, getting waiting. I'm, I'm as I'm waiting. I'm just watching. Like honest to God, everybody that went on, like Gaffigan, was <laughs> was going on late night. He wasn't strong enough to going on at this time, right? <laughs> they would put him on late at night, and he, it was it, like it's insane how strong these guys go. Like, and I'm talking. Like when Red Johnny and the Round Guy would go on, they would end, and the place would go insane, like just insane. Like I'm surprised there wasn't gunshots. That's how <laughs> crazy. Like they they destroyed like nothing I'd seen before. I'm still Canadian humor. Eight minutes to get through the, like, get through to the. There we go. Get through to the get through to the punchline. Like the setups, just like just so much. I'm just like I'm learning. I'm starting at the beginning. Right. And they're let he lets me Lucian just puts me on these spots, doesn't give up on me, just puts me on these spots. Really? Twenty five dollars cash a night. Twenty five dollars cash I'm now fourteen dollars for the youth hostel <laughs> and banking eleven dollars. You're in the black, Ian. I am in New York <laughs> and if I can make it there, I can make it anywhere. Oh, that's where that song came from. I have from. no idea if it's for me or somebody else, but I'm pretty sure it's for me. Uh anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so we just we we I just keep going and he just keeps being and are you getting any kind of response? Is is a New York crowd immediately a different animal to you? Different you animal, like not something it? I recognize it. No, no, no. I, I mean, am hostile or just, hostile, just cold hostile. Or? Well, hostile embrace you if they love you. Yeah, turn their shoulders on you and just. I remember one time going on at a place called uh, Boston Comedy Club. And I had to follow Jim Brewer at this. This is about the same time. And and I had a beer in my hand. And as I went on, this black guy said, you're going to die, white boy. And I remember turning the grip on my hand uh, uh, on the beer bottle so I could smash it and stab somebody if I had to. Like, it was ter- Like, they used to terrify me at times. But it just kept. I just I suddenly I was like, OK. Okay. Now, where does this come from? You, you, the the I'll figure it out guy. The uh, obviously no fear. Uh, I don't know if I'm too dumb for fear or if well, is that it? Or, if or, is... I, or I or, or I'm I know I'm funny. You, I got to figure it out. Do but you I feel know like I'm you're funny. making progress. I know I'm making every progress. time. Every time, like the first okay. time I go on, I get maybe <laughs> you know, like to now. Now I'm I'm not on the check spot. Now I'm strong enough, and this is like. Three maybe four months that I I'm there for, like and by the end of it, the story the story kind of takes a couple of different turns. I I get on a couple of different clubs. Uh, some people like see me, and I'm walking around like a rube again. It's the middle of winter. I'm walking around in my best shorts, and you know. <laughs> but you're from Canada, right? Right. So <laughs> you didn't bring a coat with you. I think I may have had a coat. <laughs> I just had one bag with me. I remember I, when I hear Donald Trump talking about undocumented, undocumented immigrants, right. I, that's how I came to America. You were the guy. I'm the guy except for I don't know why I got it. I remember the guys went through. They wanted to know what I did. I said I was a writer. They went through all my bags, and they seen my books and my writing, and they're like, okay. They let me go through. What they let me go through today, I don't know. 
Were they just paying you cash at these clubs? And yep. So yep, you, you didn't have to worry about like work visas no, or no, any nothing, of that? Nothing. Eventually you would. <laughs> eventually I would. And that's part of the story. Eventually yeah. I would. But I just end up doing this thing. And, and I'm staying at the youth hostel. And now I'm comfortable at the youth hostel. So I'm showing up with different entourages at the club. One night it's a whole Asian entourage. One night it's a whole German entourage. One night is a whole and and they're and you're I, giving these poor visitors like, hey, yeah. come on out. I'm going to do like, comedy to tonight. And they're like, okay, we'll come with you. You got a built-in audience. So, yeah. So beautiful. But, but, the, but the, the people that were the club are like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, what's going on? Like, we just lead a different group in every night. So, uh, so I keep doing it. And Lucian, me talking, we become friends. And and one night he says, hey, uh, I got a spot. I want you to go on. There's an uh, there's a showcase for Conan O'Brien, uh, he's not coming, but the bookers are coming, and I want you to go on right before it. And he waits, and he, he they come in, they come in the room, and he puts me on right before that showcase starts. They come up to me afterwards with him and say, "We'd like you to do our show." Dude, all right. So obviously, Lucian here is the champion in your life. Lucian, I mean- uh, yeah. Without there's a lot of people in my life that sure. I couldn't have done anything without. But Lucian Hold is the reason why I'm in America. Yeah. Uh, and also there's a guy before, in those three years that I'm in Canada, there's a guy uh, named Pat Bullard who come, who's living in America. He's a writer on, I think, Roseanne, and he's getting his own talk show at the time and stuff like that. And he sees me, and he just pulls me aside, and he says, I don't have any advice for you other than if you get a chance to get out of Canada, do it. And you look for that chance. So, And I'm still... I'm still Canadian. I'm like, I'm never going to America. It's the devil. It's the devil. You know what I mean? So is that what you guys had been taught? Taught like if Seriously? I go if I go to America, I'm getting killed as soon as I get out of the car. That's 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 exactly what America was to me. I was terrified of it. Like the cereals didn't win you over. Nothing about that. No, no, no. The, right. cereal, I mean, <laughs> the cereal. That's awesome. Did you remember that? But so so I've got that in my head, and then Lucian's like, come on down, and I'm like, okay. So and he he Lucian ends up at the time kind of managing me without without managing me. Mm-hmm. So he sees whatever he sees in me, he sees in me. Oh. So and he's 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 kind of got be, been friends with Sandler and all these other guys. Like they've kind he's put them through and 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 it, it, he's he's respected. Yeah. He's respected by the business. Right. So when they say you, uh, you should see this guy, he, they know there's not an ulterior motive. Right. No, he he's, so, he finds people that he responds to that may ha- not have not developed yet, but he right. sees what but can be. His, his his the thing that he's proud of is he's proud of that he's the booker for the comic strip, right? And the owner, one of the owners, I think there was three of them, and they had Eddie Murphy and all that. So 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 he, but he whatever he does. So I'm still that that idiot. As soon as they say that to me, I go, I can't. I, I'm not legal. And they're like, well, we'll help you get work papers. You're talking about Conan? Yeah. So you... <laughs> yeah. I can't. I'm not legal. I want to, but I can't. But I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not legal. I'm Had not that occurred to, to you before then? What? That that you might have an issue? Did you try to get any other job? No. No? I wasn't... I wasn't... I was making 25 bucks a show. I was... I was killing. I was, whole, I was... You, like, I was insane. I was... It was... I was like you were I, living in New York in the hostel off twenty five bucks a show. So I was probably doing six nights a week comedy. All right. So and I was probably making better money than I was in Canada. Yeah. To be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. So they got you on Conan. So they help. They 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 will help you out. They they go. They get we get hooked up with a lawyer. We get hooked up with an agent, 
and uh, the, the work papers start going through. I get sent back to Canada for until the work papers are done. Mm-hmm. Work papers are done. I come back and do code. How'd the spot go? It was great. I yeah. wore my best shorts and my best <laughs> logging shirt and had a great time and, and was was told by a couple managers about how impressed they were that I didn't care and was so ironic with my outfit. And in my head, I'm just like, these are my best clothes. You, you don't get it. These are my best clothes. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to impress anybody. So look, you know, twenty five bucks a show yeah. is not going to get you a whole new wardrobe. Yeah, it's not going to not going to dress you up. And Lucian loves me, but he's not going to buy me like a wardrobe. <laughs> so uh, so I just end up living in New York and doing this. I'm there until 2000 and just about 2001. I think I left like January or something like that. It moved. Because I hooked up with an agent and I started booking commercials and they're just like, come on out. And I was like, okay. So I started coming out here and I was booking commercials. And then the weather thing, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and, and not everybody gets what I'm talking about, but right. I grew up in Canada. Right. I'm now living in New York. Right. And with the, shorts in the winter. And the weather here is perfect. Like right. all the time. All the time. Like, you know how long it took me to go to a matinee movie in Los Angeles? Because I thought I might miss the sun. <laughs> that might be the day the sun happened. You know, I, I, so. I, I, we do tend to uh, uh, take it for granted at a certain point. So I like, just lived in Houston for three years. with, And my wife, I got my wife pregnant. We moved to Houston <laughs> in the middle of the summertime. And she never lets me forget that. Right. And, and so we, when we moved back. We said, uh, let's remember Houston whenever we start to take the complain at all about the weather here. I try to explain the guys that are from here about selling tickets. And there's a thing called weather in other countries, right. uh, not other, other states, where yeah. people don't want to go inside because they've been inside for the last six months. Right. So it's harder to sell tickets now. And they don't understand what you're talking about. They're like, <laughs> no, there's. There's a reason. So they want to sit on their balcony and just drink beer and just feel the air. <laughs> so It hit me once, uh, one spring day. I was in New York. Uh, it had been cold, 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 snowy, 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 snowy. And the sun came out. And I walked by Bryant Park. Ah. And, you know, all those, like, um, cafe chairs that they yeah. had, you know, scattered about Every single one of them was taken. They had all been dragged out into the middle of the grass. People had taken their lunch hours. They fuck yep. a sandwich. I and they were like, literally, it looked like a cult had gone out and were big spr- ball of orange. We love you, big ball of orange. Please let us feel you, big ball of orange. That's exactly yeah. what it was. Yeah, and I was going. What's the big deal? It's, like, it's sunny. Yeah, yeah. That's why I moved here. I was yeah. just like, this is perfect. And I probably. I don't know if my uh, New York would have advanced me more or quicker, but I don't think you can beat living in L.A. Like it's a reason why we pay eight hundred thousand dollars for a two hundred thousand dollar house. You know what I mean? Other than the weather, are you cool with L.A.? I love L.A. Is it a place to you? Uh, It's my home. Yeah, it's definitely my home. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's um, I live in Long Beach, but it's definitely you know uh, I love it here. 
Um, tell me about the last comic standing experience. Uh, in it a was nutshell. Fun. Was it all right? <laughs> it was. Uh, I had a good time. Uh, it was. It was nerve. You were great on it. Oh, thanks, man. I was nerve. I was nervous the only the first day. Like the first day, I was just. I went down to my car. I, I, how it happened was I had had a friend work on it for four years, and they kept asking me to do it and mm-hmm. asked me to do it, and I said no, no. What, and, why'd you resist? I mean, um, you, you were a working comic. Working comic. It wasn't like you were some up-and-comer trying to get a break kind of thing. But, but still, it, even as a working comic, you're still trying to get a break. Yeah. You know, that's why I ended up kind of having a come-to-Jesus talk with myself and saying, you got to do this. Just just do it. You need a little bit more of a push, and you need to sell some more tickets, and just just do it. Yeah. But so I said yes to my friend, and they said they would take care of me, and they would make sure nothing like, nothing bad happened to me. Because I was also <laughs> concerned that they might, because I am sarcastic and I say stupid things, and I I didn't want to be the bad guy on the show. Yeah, you saw the potential for however they yeah whatever scenarios they put you in or however they edited it, you could end up looking like a complete jerk. Right. And you're and, not. And I didn't want to. You say. I, I say, but uh, really, I am. Uh, I didn't Canadian. want. I didn't want my realness to come out. Uh, <laughs> uh, so so uh, I say, okay, and the morning of that I'm supposed to go do it, I go down to the car, come back to the, go get back into bed, and I just lie there, go down to the car, and I'm late by an hour and 15 What's minutes. What's going on? Because I just, it's mental. I just had a mental block, and I just call, I texted my manager, and I said, I don't think I can do it. And, and he said, you're going to get in the car, and you're going to drive there, and you're going to do it. And he's, you're gonna Now, do what it. was keeping you from doing that? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I really don't, I can't explain to you what it was. Was it, uh, was there an element of selling out in some way? That it a was little some, bit. Uh, the, it was a little bit of, se- a little bit of sell out, and, yeah. and also, who does, uh, who does a contest? Like, yeah. contests are rigged. We all know they're rigged. And I still feel that it's rigged, you know, but it's just, it's, it's, I, I just didn't want to. And do I, would I, if you asked me, would you ever do America's Got Talent? I would say no. Yeah. But, at the end of the day, if my career was stopped, maybe I would. You know what I mean? So, uh, so I I go there, and of course they there's a thousand comics there, and we're all treated like shit. Yeah, and you can say anything you want. Uh, you can say okay. Well, we're treated like shit. They were just they're like you know they they, they put you in clothes that you don't want to wear and. They pick your clothes out that you don't really want. At that point, it's a, it's a casting call, and those mm-hmm. are the it's most demeaning call. things yeah, yeah. you can do. Yeah. I mean, they're literally, it, your material and your your acumen at your job barely matters at that point. Right. Is do we have one of those? Do we have that look? Do right. we have that sound? Yeah. yeah. So, so and in my head, my thing is you just got to get through the first round. It's going to be bad if you don't get through the first round. So I'm a little nervous, and I'm just like, just do enough to get through the first round. Yeah. So I get through the first round, and then I just didn't care. Yeah. I just like... That's maybe the secret right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> after, after that point... They've threatened to kick me off every day. Really? Every For day. For what? For the stupidest Just because shit. you weren't as invested as you should have been? I'm guessing. But stuff like, I have to go to the bathroom. I'm 44 years old. <laughs> they want somebody to walk me to the bathroom because I'm going to run on stage and beg Roseanne to put me through. I, like, I just, it just didn't make sense. I'm like, just make it easy for me. I just want to go to the wash. Well, they obviously it must have had situations, and anybody who watched that show in any of those seasons realized that there were some crazy-ass people. But they've created that. 
Of course. They've created No, they that. wanted it. Yeah. For sure. So Otherwise, it's just a bunch of funny people going up doing their act. Right. If there wasn't some sort of ridiculous drama from you damaged types, right. what was the point? I guess so. I just I was there to I was just there to be on TV. I wasn't yeah. there to win. And they would ask me all the time, they'd get so mad at me and I'd be like, uh, what will you do if you win? And I'm just like, I'm not gonna win. But America's going to know more about me, right? And then, and then, because I'd never have a series, and they'd ask me for a serious answer. I'm like, I'm on a comedy show. There's no way I'm gonna, like I wouldn't say this, but I'm right. like, we need a serious answer. How are you going to get through the next round? And I'd say, lose the most weight. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great answer. And they would just be like, <sighs> Why won't you take this serious? <laughs> Was he back to that? And I'm just like, you guys are idiots. So. <laughs> So, <laughs> my favorite thing was that I, Wanda's really never, the producer of the show has never really been a fan. Really? So, and, and she, she's a nice lady, whatever, right. but she's not a fan. She treats me really, like, with disdain every time I've ever talked to her. Did any of the, did you find any of the judges' feedback meaningful? Did you feel like you learned anything about Making your act better? Or no, I didn't no? actually. Uh, you know, they never really gave me any feedback. They mm-hmm. never said, they never, you know, they didn't. Yeah, it was pretty, yeah, it was pretty non-committal. It was non. It was, ah, uh, it was good. Yeah. The, I think somebody once told you to they, do more crowd work. Or they something. all told me to do more crowd work, yeah. which is funny because then the producers would walk up to me and say, you can't do any crowd work. <laughs> right. Because they can't yeah. edit and around that. I was like, why? Why wouldn't the <laughs> so? Why wouldn't the judges say, don't don't do it? Like we know you can't do crowd work, but you do really good crowd work. Yeah. So or but they would leave that judge comment in, yeah. and then never show you doing yeah. any crowd work. They, they there's a, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, there's three things that happened that that uh, that, that stand out in my mind. The one part was we had to meet with a mentor, and it turned out to be Wanda. And I'm just like nice double dip, uh, anyway. <laughs> but we so so we sit down and she's we have a conversation and then she's like, "Would you like to do your show for me?" And I'm like, "Here," and she's like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "Nope." Mm-hmm. She's like, "Why not?" And I'm like, "I got it. It's okay. Talk to friends." And I was not getting on stage in front of one person. I don't do stand-up for one person, no matter who it was. And I have friends that did it that are absolutely hysterical, that make probably two hundred to three hundred to $400,000 a year already, that did it and sent themselves into a tailspin and couldn't get through to the next round. <sighs> it was... I know it makes great TV, but they didn't air. They didn't air me saying no, which I thought would have been great TV. <laughs> it would right? Have. So, so, so I just didn't. I wasn't doing it. It wasn't whatever. So then the other thing was that they they would make us write out our jokes, which is really interesting because when I when I first started doing stand up, there was a, a, the producer would actually watch your set and know what you're talking about, and mm-hmm. then write out and get it cleared for you not because there's nothing worse than a comic than having to write out everything he says <laughs> so i had to write it out and on the final on the final episode they came to me and said oh we lost yours you have to write it out again so so i wrote it out again to send it back in and it was cleared and when i did it they said we didn't clear that oh. and it's funny because i put some jokes in there because they'd always not clear something so i did some jokes put some jokes in there that I knew wouldn't get cleared. I put a joke in about going down on a girl for the first time. <laughs> and they cleared and they it. They cleared it. 
And I was just like, somebody doesn't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> or somebody Were you is using just Canadian setting me up. euphemisms of some sort? No, I was, I was using some euphemisms. I'm not going to even say it because I can't say it. So... <laughs> I was using, and I was just, and they were like, after at the end of the set, they're just like, "You cannot say that stuff." <laughs> there was, I remember, uh, both, both, uh, both Keenan and Norm were like, "I can't believe you just said <laughs> it's got a little bit of a kick the first time you go." <laughs> So, they're, they're like, there's no way that's getting on TV. Right. So I lose, but I, I knew I wasn't going to win. I knew yeah. I was never going to win. I look at the, I look at the, uh, I look at who's standing on stage. I'm like, oh, there's a black guy. There's a black woman. There's a white gangly woman. There's the good looking white kid. And, and then there's the older guy. You know, I'm just like, this is a TV show right here. Why they wouldn't make this into a TV show? <laughs> they're just going to give the, you know, I mean, there's the, they're going to give the one guy. And I, the guy that won, I, I totally respect. And right. I, I think I had a great time with him on tour. He's such a nice guy. So it was, it was a great time. And, but the one thing that really, it was a great time. It, I had, I had a great time. Oh, good. I did have like none of, none of that hurt me because it doesn't. Right. It well, doesn't. you were, you walked in pretty, I mean, one thing about you just in this conversation is that you, seem fairly sure of yourself you may have some insecurities and like you said you may I, have some issues but, but you pretty much feel like you have a sense of self that you are I'm not me. you're not looking for a whole lot of validation all the time uh, the audience is enough maybe apparently yeah, yeah. and um and that's uh, sometimes that security in in it's, people throws people off i, I think it does like and you I could just, be interpreted as being you know a, a, like a wise ass or a, a jerk or just, i think i get wise ass a lot i am a wise ass but i'm not i'm never being a jerk and some people take it as being a jerk but i'm never i don't i don't you're not malicious i, I definitely am not malicious i hate he, hurting people's feelings yeah i get I zero really, evil yeah, you know I'm not, off your persona so, and, I, and some people get it as evil i'm just like no i just trying to make you laugh sorry yeah yeah, yeah so uh, yeah so yeah, it was, it was it was a great time, and I, I'm so glad that I did it. And the other thing is, I had no idea how many people watched that show. Did did it bring? I mean, did that help establish? Yeah, and, it's it's uh, who knows how long it'll continue on, but it's definitely brought me a new fan base. That's great. So you know, I I enjoy that. Yeah, people they're really nice to me. They always say I got ripped off, so <laughs> it makes me it makes me happy. So yeah, so. How much of the next part of your life do you feel like can be stand up? How much of it you mentioned you were working on a on a animated idea for your hometown? I mean, what's what would be next phase for Ian ideally? The next phase for me, I, I'm actually shooting a, spe- a new special this weekend right. in Irvine. Gray Improv. Yeah, uh, no, the Irvine, no, the, oh, Irvine, Irvine Improv. Irvine Improv. Uh, Saturday night, June 18th. Uh, seven and nine p.m. I'm I'm filming it there, and uh, we haven't named it yet. But it's it's more about it's about where I am now as a human and what family life, and I don't have a family. I have a dog, and uh, you know, it's just it's just where I am. You know, where have you I gotten in, in infinitely more personal in your comedy? Is that I think this one's going to be more like I'm yeah. not. I'm letting people in a lot more because a lot of comics say that that when they really kick it into gear is when they kind of. You, you you have your style down. You have the template, basically that you know that you feel a real comfort level. Mm-hmm. But it's when you really push to allow some of that real stuff out that I, uh, you can really kick it into. I gear. think I think we're 
Yeah, it's not all about finger banging anymore. You know what I mean? it's, <laughs> oh, it's, uh, oh, I'm going to miss the finger banging. Uh, oh, I loved it. Oh, wait, you said it's not all about finger banging. Uh, yeah, it's not all. There's still a little bit, but uh, <laughs> uh, a little bit goes a long way. Uh, yeah, I think it's I've, I'm letting people into my world more. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So it's just it's not it's not. I would say it's not as much what I see as what I'll let you see now. Yeah. Before it was, hey, this is what I see, and now it's. Hey, come take a look. You can see of me. So, how soon do you think we'll be able to see the special? I'm hoping within three to six months. Cool. So, yeah, great. Yeah, and uh, then um, we're gonna do a little. We're gonna do a couple extra bits with it, and hopefully have some fun. I, I want to do. We're supposed to be doing. They have the Ferris wheel there, so I want to play a little game about called "How Much You Know About America" with somebody that gets in a Ferris wheel with me. So, <laughs> and then of course use all the all the editing things where they, it takes them forever to answer a question. So, yeah. Well, speaking of which, let's get some insight into Inbag right now with some quickie questions for you. Okay. All right. <clears throat> um, favorite movie all time? Favorite, uh, Slapshot. Ooh. Is it going to be all about hockey? Well, I could have said the other one. You know what? The I, I, As I think about it, Uncle Buck. Really? Yeah, I mm-hmm. love that movie, and I and I cry every time he waves goodbye at the end. Seriously, and I almost cried thinking about it when he dude. hey when he waves goodbye. It's pretty. What a pretty, little yeah. mushy. What a little pansy. Let me look at my phone now. Oh, people called. Okay, three more questions. Okay, uh, if you were pushed up on stage to do karaoke, the go-to song would be oh what? It's the most terrifying thing. Karaoke? Yeah, I can't do it. No, but if you had to, if I had to. What are you talking about the most terrifying Terrifying. You go up on stage in front of strangers every single night practically and- Terrifying. I can't do it. (laughs) Because you can't sing? You don't want to sing? No, it scares me. I like get terrified. Like I've sang maybe three times terrified. That's not- They're they're on the same wavelength. No, nowhere uh, near. What's the song? Uh, I would say if I was either Hurt by Johnny Cash, which is Nine Inch Nails, (laughs) or or, uh, Mac the Knife. Okay, God, don't don't do hurt. That's just gonna ma- be painful for everybody. Everybody, yeah. Um, I skirt myself today. <laughs> Who's your hockey team? Vancouver Canucks. So yeah. I have a second choice because they won't be. Good. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a long time. It's gonna be a long time before anything <laughs> happens there. Uh, I, I, the Los Angeles Kings are the the. Uh, You've adopted your. I've adopted Los Angeles Kings, but they've also adopted me. Oh. So they uh, they've been they've. They've been good to me for a while, and the uh, staff comes out and sees the shows. And, oh, yeah, great. So and it's really, nice that they actually win once in a while. Oh, they're really great, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, your, your accent comes out even stronger when you talk about hockey. That's so funny. <laughs> it's, it's true. <laughs> the boys. <laughs> the boys got to get down the ice with a puck. Uh, final question. Uh, have you ever, or if not, would you be willing to one day work with a monkey? Uh-huh. I have. Oh, <laughs> I have worked with a monkey twice. Whoa! Uh, I have done MVP two, which is right, which is most valuable primate, primate tar- two. part two. Well, which because is, there were so many unanswered questions from part one. There was. Mm-hmm. Will he make it to the NHL? He does. Mm-hmm. He does. Uh, I played on the same team as him. I, my name was Olaf Schick and Dance. I was. Uh, I, totally I was a. I was a this. defenseman on on on. <laughs> my favorite part of making that movie was the director would roll a monkey onto the ice and then yell, out, "Keep it real." <laughs> To the monkey. To, yeah, to the to monkey. Anybody. That's awesome. <laughs> to himself. 
Uh, um, I think it was more to himself. Uh, and then I also did MXP, which is the most extreme primate, right. about a snowboarding chimpanzee. Wow. So the answer is, I would love to do a third movie with a chimpanzee. All right. I also did a poster about a chimpanzee that was an investigator for the same company, but they never picked me to be the, his cohort. Wow, you have way more monkeys in your life than I would have even uh, so much fun. anticipated. So much that fun. That is a standard question for this uh, Is that a standard podcast? question? Yes. I didn't know if you were being a it's dick. The be- <laughs> no, it's the, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I totally forgot you were in those movies. Anybody else had been able to say yes? Um, with the least interesting, uh, I did a bit, uh, Jimmy Pardo. Well, I did stuff for the LA Zoo, and uh, yeah, there was a time where there was a monkey nearby. Most people go, I'd love to work with a monkey. (laughs) My answer is yes, and and it was fun. And you would continue to. All right, well, we're putting it out there. Sure, man. Ian, this is great. Good luck this weekend, and uh, check out. If you're bored and feel like driving. (sighs) Yeah, Irvine. That's that's (laughs) where I feel like going. (laughs) Thanks, man. Get a monkey. Get a monkey! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.